Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey, I'm a Comey. So how about that, a Comey? How about that, a Comey? Oh yeah, that's right, we're supposed to do that little introduction <laughs> thing. So how about those introductions? Hey everyone, welcome to Our Moms Think We're Funny. Wow, just, just, just phoning it in, aren't oh, you? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so hey everybody, this is Turk182. With us a special guest. J.O. Bowyer. Uh, and of course you all should know Bowyer from, uh, from well, gosh, this will probably drop before any of the Zombie Viking stuff hits and uh and before any of the uh um whose turn is it um and plus the uh that space shooter that we did for the game bar too oh yeah um what was that you're talking about I, the only thing i remember is climax uh yeah galaxy climax stardust <laughs> galaxy but climax, arrange stardust. those in whichever order is correct <laughs> um i actually did end up picking that up and playing through it a bit on my own oh nice yeah it's hard as hell by yourself it, it was is ridiculously hard with the single player <laughs> Yeah, it was rough when we were doing it as a group. Yeah, we still, we still have to so, play that, finish that up. We do. Yeah, yeah. It, you have to. You kind of have to grind. I mean, you have to like you'll when you play it single player. You can definitely feel the idea that you're going to play these stages multiple times and and buy those upgrades and all that sort of stuff. So kind of like kind of like enter the dungeon only. You don't have the you don't have the capability of like grinding away to build up your guy. Yeah, yeah. Enter the dungeon is hard as hell. It is. I I that was a little too far down masochist alley for me. So, <laughs> but um, uh, Zold, um, he's played it multiple times, and he, he says, you know, the thing is, you you can't play it with multiple people. He's like. Because the the the, the uh, screen splitting or you know the being trapped one person yeah inside, one person you can't scroll yeah. the screen yeah. yeah so he's like you really the best way to do it is to uh, is to play single player but anyway so yeah all right so uh, we are back and uh, today we're we're actually touching on horror movies again which you know, we've you know we've touched on before back when we had our special guest of uh, Leroy Stinky Feet Leroy no, Strong Feet Strong Feet <laughs> Leroy Strong Feet right. Um, <laughs> Well, didn't he change his name later on when we did the uh, the Less Watcher Splatter U? Uh, I don't think so, because he just has Harry as his middle name, so Leroy oh, Harry Strongfeet. It was the email he sent later on that he, that he, oh, he called himself right. something different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good old Leroy. But, uh, so, but yeah, I mean, it's horror, so we yeah. there's all kinds of things we can talk about in horror. Oh, totally. And so... Uh, you know, always want to kind of uh, kind of play to the strengths of our of our special guest. Um, and this is a kind of topic we talked about. We said we wanted to have uh, J.O. Boyer on the show and say, OK, well, you know, what's something of interest that, you know, you would really kind of be able to give a lot of uh, a lot of conversation to. And much like uh, uh, Leroy Strongfeet, uh, J.O. Boyer is a big horror fan. And so we're like, let's touch on horror again. And uh, but this time we're going to take a slightly different approach uh, or uh, the aspect of horror. Yeah. Because again, it's just like anything else. You can just hit it from all different angles. Um, and, uh, we're going to talk about women in horror movies, you know, so the, uh, women as, uh, as protagonists and also kind of touch on screen Queens. Oh yeah. Which I think are also an important aspect of, uh, of horror. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I mean, to the point that was it two years ago? I don't think it's on anymore. But they had the TV series Scream Queens that had uh, wasn't Jamie Lee Curtis in like the first. Season I think or so? she was in. I think there was only one or two seasons. Um, I never watched that, but um, I do know that you know when you've 
created a show literally named after the movie trope, right? Like Scream Queens, then you know there's something there to to talk about. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, or just it, also in general, just beyond Scream Queens doesn't necessarily equate to the final girl, which is you know the trope in a lot of horror movies where it comes down to the to the woman against the the big baddie. They they do overlap, but sometimes you know they're not one and the same. Right. Um. So yeah, because most so yeah. of the time, scream queens are. So if, if I if I'm gonna go back, I think scream queens really um start just like everything else. It, it has a an origin point that is not necessarily the start of the uh. What do you want to call it? The 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 phenomenon. Right? Sure, right, sure. Right. So if you go back to maybe movies from like the uh, 50s and 60s and that kind of stuff back when horror was made, a little bit, little bit cheesier, <clears throat> you, you, may, you would have had your kind of scream queen types in there. But getting, I think it's really the early 80s is when we started to see that, that scream queen character. And maybe even late 70s with, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, PJ, you know what I'm talking about. I have to probably look her up. Yeah, we might have to look her up. Usually, I would say in the popular, kind of well-known mainstream context, you would call it out for Jamie Lee Curtis as being one of the first kind of mainstream scream queens. Uh, But she's one of those that kind of straddles the line between scream queen and and like protagonist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if we're talking about almost like a pure just victim scream queen then I'm sure there are several, if not many, before her. So I was thinking of, of PJ Soul, so I had to, I had to pull up, um, who, who was in Halloween, of course, with Jamie yes. Curtis. Yep. And then she was in Carrie. And uh, and kind of, you know, from there, she did a, a lot of uh, a lot of roles in horror movies as that kind of Scream Queen character. A little bit different from what we've seen, what we then see later on to like the mid, like I would say from maybe 80 four to 88 you know back when we had um <clears throat> like uh linnea quigley mm-hmm. michelle bauer and those kind of women who who played a different role in scream queen. i think and also i, I would say that scream queens probably primarily existed in your b horror films yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and there there was a there was a flip again in that kind of mid to late 80s where it became a lot more self-aware and it, it turned, not turned, I won't say it turned into comedy, but it it started taking on a lot of times a more comedic quality. And it was, at that point, it became, okay, who could actually like belt out the highest, you know, octave or the, the most decibels, um, you know. Right. Um, I, I think that part of what really kind of turned it into an 80s phenomenon on top of just horror movies was just big improvements in sound quality in filmmaking in general. The theaters got louder, the scares got more intense. And when it comes down to it, it's it's kind of like a baby crying. There's just something primal in in people, um, men and women that respond to a screaming anything, but I would say particularly like a screaming woman. Mm-hmm. And when you um, get that, that high pitched scream too. Yeah. Yeah. We had we had mentioned it. We had been talking about it just you know pre podcast Turk. But uh, mm-hmm. before I forget, I did want to bring up that when if you look kind of earlier and outside of the kind of uh, Western or American uh, movie making horror phenomenon, you do have 
an incredible screen queen quality to a lot of European horror movies in that time. And even earlier with a lot of the Lucio Flucci Italian splatter films. Um, if you watch some of those like zombie two or the beyond, um, they have a lot of those are, you know, dubbed over post for most of their audio and the screens are just like absolutely guttural. It feels like they're right on top of the mic. It's, it, you know, it's really like, like a hot on fire microphone that's recording this stuff. Right. <laughs> and it just has like a different, like, it's a lot more, um, tension creating than a lot of the kind of American stuff. Yeah. I can see that because when you look at the American ones, a lot of time that, that scream is there, but it's not, it's not designed to, I mean, it's there and it's going to have a reaction, uh, create a reaction in people, but it's not designed to, to set the tone or the mood. Yeah. It's, it's that, Oh, that, that person's getting it. Or there's that, that, Oh, I found the dead body or whatever. And then there's that high pitched kind of scream. Like, and it's to say, to really kind of uh, say, I'm going to show fear without really showing fear. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. It's it's purely, uh, you know, audio typically with maybe some kind of visual jump to trigger it. But it is, that is an excellent point. Um, outside of movies, per se, in recent history, uh, one of the most phenomenal screams that I've heard in in. in uh, TV show, uh, which I don't know if either uh, of you are fans of, but the Twin Peaks, the return season three of Twin Peaks. Okay. Um, uh, I, I haven't seen any Twin Peaks, but it's been on my list for a long time to yeah. see. So um, the very end of Twin Peaks, the return, uh, which is the end of the Twin Peaks fiction as of this podcast recording, has an incredible screen that's done by a woman um, in complete stark silence. So there's no music, there's no audio cue, there's no like visual jump. And it's, it's, I don't think it's the very last thing that episode ends on. It's, it's the season finale, but it's close to it. And that one definitely will stick with you. Like that one kind of, I couldn't get it out of my head. It was like a, like a, almost like an echoing, reverberating kind of scream. But I, I don't think it was done with any post audio uh, touches. I think it's literally just the actress, um, fairly not right up on the camera, but the actress just like letting it out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I've always wondered, like, uh, have, you know, just talking to either of you have you ever actually screamed like that before you ever had a reason to like okay like so so we've kind of we've kind of discussed like the film um the 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 i don't know the film professor side of this you know mixing it up a bit like why would anyone like who screams like that like who you know, it, yeah, he's laughing and pointing at me for those off camera. Well, I mean, you know, so the um, like, have you ever screamed like that? And if so, why yes. and how? I personally cannot. I don't think I can scream. It just comes out as like this throat wretching thing. You know, oh, oh, Mister Cotter, Mister Cotter. <laughs> Let me take this one here. Yeah, this, this is what Turk refers to as my bitch scream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
so we, oh yeah, we can also say you know, scream queens doesn't mean anything really gender specific, you right. know. So, uh, so um, we've referenced this a couple different times before, but a Comey can be a little uh, pussy. And, and I was, I was, I was easy, easy to easy to startle, but but not easy like. If if the if the mood is just right, yeah, it, it's it really depends on that kind of like laying the foundation for it. Yeah. Keep... So we were playing until dawn, <laughs> and this was uh, I this I think our our first playthrough. Uh, yeah, I think this was our first playthrough, and we're at the part in uh, and I can't wait till we actually get this uh, uploaded. Oh yeah, uh, we're at the part where Mike um, is in the asylum. <laughs> And he's got the the wolf with him, and he's going through part, and one of the creatures scurries around the outside of the building, but because the True. because the uh, the walls are all busted up, you can kind of see there's holes in it. There's um, it's uh, uh, like plaster, so they've got like the uh, it's not it's not it's got like the chicken wire kind of stuff in between. Oh yeah, yeah. And so it scurries across the outside of the wall, and you can see that it's just a huge shadow. <laughs> And he lets out this ear piercing, <laughs> just yelp of a scream. And it was just like, oh my goodness. And I just, I lost it, man. I was. We and, had to pause so he could laugh it out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's let out some others. Um, I'm trying, did you, did you yell, did you give a little bit of a holler when I, when I set you up for that, uh, Fallout 4? in the the museum of witchcraft they had the death claw in there uh no i was okay. i was pretty cautious with that because i just kept sending the partner ahead yeah because i knew <laughs> it was a setup yeah <laughs> yeah that, that, there are games like that that scream setup that it's tough to elicit kind of that you know sort of gut-wrenching feeling yeah i i would say for me i feel like the only time i've ever kind of screamed is the first time I played through Resident Evil 4. Oh, jeez, yeah. There's the, uh, when you first run into the wolves, there was that section of the game where you can see that, you can see, like, the red glow of their eyes and the dark in that area of the game. And then just the way the AI controlled the wolf is the wolf kind of just turned and disappeared. And I thought it was like a trick in my head, like as in the, you know, J.O. or the person playing the game. I was like, oh, must have just saw something. And then I started to turn and then you could just, I heard the wolf. And then when I turned Leon Kennedy in the game, he was right on top of me. Oh, God. And there was a scream. Um, and I dare say, I think there was a little bit of pee involved as well. <laughs> So there, there was a joke there for a bit where it's like, you know how you'd always have, you always have, I don't know if they do them a lot anymore, but you'll have like the IGN review quotes on the back of boxes and stuff. Right. And there was always like the idea of like J.O. Bo, your quote made me pee a little bit. <laughs> um, but um, the, the funny thing you mentioned about, you got to have a laugh, you know, at it afterwards is, um, you know, I think it is, you know, the whole scream queen thing. It's cathartic. Uh, when you're the one doing the screaming, you're either screaming for help if it's a real situation or you laugh afterwards, you know, cause, yeah. cause you, you kind of let it, let go of the tension. 
Uh, but in the movies, it always seems like if you were walking down the street and you heard a scream like that come from a house or wherever the killer is stalking the woman, like it would set off alarms all over the place. Like, <laughs> how do these women scream like this and not like wake up 10, you know, city blocks of, of people? <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because you're talking about one of those kind of screams, you know. That if I were walking down the street and I heard a scream like that, that was that powerful. I like my, my first thing was like somebody's in trouble, and I'm like, but by the tone of that scream, they're really, <laughs> really in trouble. trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and as much as I'd like to go and help, I might be a little too much for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If it was like a, like a, ah, I'd be like, oh man, let's see if I can go help. But if it's like a ah, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, if it's that second one, you're just gonna go. Oh, he's such a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to move on with life. <laughs> and you're going to, especially if you hear the, the screen get cut off, like, towards oh, yeah. the oh, end. Geez. Oh, geez. Yeah, that, that would be horrible. Yeah. Um. So, you know, with the, the bit of, you know, bit of small research that I had done as well, and this is just posing it as, like, you know, a question. I Do you think, is there, like, actress training for screaming? Is, is that... Is that, do you go to a school? Is there a class? Or how do you audition? Do they, you walk into the room and they just like punch you in the stomach or something and see what happens? I just jump out of a closet with machete and see what you do. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. You have, you have like the people sitting there behind the table yeah. and you come in with your lines, your, your sides. Excuse me, we're going to talk, you know, actor talk, your yeah. sides. And, uh, they're like, okay, so just want you to stand right there and uh, just kind of just just give us your best scream. So, you know, the, the, the guy's coming, he's got an axe, and he's right there in front of you, and, ah! Okay, all right, let's get <laughs> yeah, it again. Yeah, it's kind of lame, and then, yeah. And then it's like, and then the guy pops out of, out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and <they're> like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> if that's all it takes, then I could totally get a job for that role. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's doing it just like crying or, you know, I think, I think in my opinion, in the hierarchy of the things you have to do on cue as an actor or actress, you have to be able to laugh, you have to be able to cry. And then somewhere down at the bottom, probably in priority is the screen. You know, I Mm -hmm. would say crying is something that I'm sure you go to, like you pay $8,000 to take a class to learn how to cry. But screaming is something where it's like... how many takes do you have to give? Like, are, are once you're like five takes in, you're you're bleeding from your throat essentially, mm-hmm. um, and the scream is not going to work. So I, I always wonder for like a lot of your, a lot of the iconic kind of screams, you know, going back as old as you know as as originating as either Jamie Lee Curtis or anything in the original Halloween, to some of the newer ones, which. Um, you know, some of the best or most potent, I can think, in newer horror movies, because it's typically horror movies that these are in, would be um, uh, Hereditary. I don't know if either of you have seen Hereditary. I've heard good things I about it. I haven't yet, but I heard it was incredible. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty incredible. Uh, the the head actress, Tony, whatever her name is. I can is it Tony Collette? Yeah, Tony Collette, yes. Okay. Um, she nails the screams and I think she has a lot of genetics on her favor because she just has that incredibly wide, large mouth. Mm-hmm. And when she belts them in that movie, 
like, my God, do you sit up and, and take notice? <laughs> um, so it doesn't have to be like the demure kind of, you know, hot blonde, you know, I think, I think the scream queen, uh, phenomena has kind of, uh, diversified itself in, in the recent like 10 or 15 years. Um, so do do you have any particular favorites? Any, any movies that you can think of where, you know, you're like, like, what about the scream franchise itself? It's kind of a franchise that like took the name, you know, and like, we're going to run with it as part of the, you know, plot of the franchise builds off of it. Before, before I answer that, I'll say, you know, we're talking about horror movies that make you scream, but you know, something else that can really make you scream, but in a different way. Comedy. (laughs) A really nice product. Like the one we're going to advertise right now. Oh, hey, good segue. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm screaming for this. (laughs) And we're back. Yeah. So, see, that was actually worth screaming about. I yeah. did. I screamed the entire time. All time uh, being talked about. And I'm I'll scream say, if they're sold out. <laughs> I was going to say, and, and just because you didn't pee a little bit doesn't mean it wasn't a good product. Yes. Yeah. Not, it, not in fact, it could be an endorsement. Bit. Could we could we do like a uh, like a Rotten Tomatoes thing where instead of the tomato, it could be like a little puddle of urine? <laughs> <laughs> instead of the splat? Kind of like, a, a, what's his name? Uh, the, the movie reviewer guy. The one that pukes blood. Oh, um, Rimfield right. Flesh Ripper. Yeah. yeah. yeah wow, so. that is a hell of a name. <laughs> yes. A hell of a name. This movie will make you puke blood. <laughs> um, so... So, so you asked about the, the, that, and I was gonna. I was actually gonna ask here. So we talked about, you know, I, well, I mentioned that what we know, or I guess what we originally, um, I guess first kind of caught and was dubbed Scream Queens, kind of came from sure. the eighties. Sure. But would you classify Faye Ray as maybe the original Scream Queen? Hmm. Um, I was, I was kind of <laughs> looking during that incredible um, uh, ad from earlier. I was looking around. I would say sure. I it's been a very long time since I've seen King Kong, um, but namely, it's kind of it really comes down to the audio quality. I I can't remember if if there was any like loud screaming per se. Well, you know, it is from what the nineteen thirties or forties. Uh, it is from 30s. the early thirties. Hmm. Yes. So, um, but but the nature of her character. A is I mean she screams a lot yes. from from the first time she sees Kong to when Kong grabs her from her her apartment you know it's 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 kind of like she that's her job to scream and then and I, I think that you know from going from there to I guess when we get to like the seventies which I think is also kind of the evolution of the the female role in horror which I think we're going to kind of talk about you know sure fairly soon mm-hmm. is that. The, the the female job was to scream. Yeah, and it was to have that like mm-hmm. I think your Fayray uh mention brings that out too, is it, it's the contorted face to go with it of like pure uh defenselessness, you know. Yeah. Um I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said it was primal. It's just like it's evoking this primal emotion. I guess with regards to Fay Ray, my immediate question would be 
where do you draw the line between the damsel in distress role versus the scream queen role? How are those two related, essentially? Well, I think I think it, it's 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 an evolution thing, kind of like uh, J. O. Boyer was saying that you know the modern scream queen is much different from the one from the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's an evolution as as our <clears throat> as the movies change and as uh, as the audience changes with it and the times change, you know, then that changes as well. But I don't think we're ever going to get to a point, and maybe we will. I don't know, but I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where the where a man screaming is going to elicit that same kind of response or reaction. You know, you you get like a man groaning, or he might he might give like a like a yell, but he won't give a scream. Yeah. And when a man does scream, so I, it makes me think of The Simpsons when um, I try to think which one it was the uh, where. There was there was a scream. It was like well, we heard. Oh, it was. I think it's the one where Marge sells the Flanders the murder house, and um, and the, the Rod and Todd. They're like she come. They come on a visit because they think that the house might be haunted. And Rod and Todd are like red room, red room over there. <laughs> but they're like, but well, we heard a scream. I think it was one. It might be a different one. But but then it was like we heard a woman scream. And then they show Flanders. He sees it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, that's what you know, if you hear a that's, guy or see a guy scream like yeah. that, you even though we, we shouldn't probably think that way, but it's more comical because you don't know oh, he's part you know, of the like, trope, scream. yeah, it's, yeah, it's part of the trope. Like, it's the thing is, is I mean, you you could debate whether it is society or whether it's nature, you know, whether the idea of having a man kind of scream out in that kind of like help me, help me sense why it's not as effective right i i kind of lean a little bit on the nature side i think it's kind of the same as a screaming baby but uh that doesn't mean that you know if someone screams that doesn't mean they are defenseless that is just a lot of where the very early kind of uh examples came from yeah so but i was thinking so you know going back to the older movies and i don't think we ever really made this clear but you know fey ray was the female character the damsel in distress of sorts even if she wasn't really the damsel in distress she's really the she's kind of like the heroine mm-hmm. of king kong because she's the she's the one that pretty much keeps king king kong in line yeah from tearing the entire city apart so yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh but you you know so that's who Ray was but then if you go back to the original fly you know i think one of the most iconic scenes is when the woman pulls the the like Sure. Yeah, and reveals. Yeah, and then there's that scream. You know, it's in in that one. It's not so much that that defenselessness. It's just that what I'm saying is just so unbelievably shocking and horrifying to me that you know. And it's I think it's also a difference in the kind of scream too. There's like there's like the one like ah, and then like in hers where she's like screaming. It's like a kind of like a a series of like screams and then kind of the drawing away. No. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think you know, like I say, as the as the the movies change, the audience changes. That the that role changes because when we get to um, when we get to like the late seventies, early eighties, you know, we've got Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween as I think like one of the, if not the first. Uh, like if you, I'm not sure where you want to put Alien and something like that. Even though it's not technically it's sci-fi horror. It's sci-fi horror. I think it's perfectly got, fun. The, the, Especially the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. You've got the female as the hero, 
And then, of course, you've got the same thing with uh, with Halloween. You've got the female as the hero. Um, and then we move into, like I said, the 80s where <clears throat> this is where it kind of gets a little, I don't know, I guess tricky. Because you do still have, like, the, the, the female hero, which I think is just something you see in a lot of the... 80s horror films you know mm-hmm. where the the you know whether she's the final girl or what she is the hero which i think we um akomi and i talked about this uh, last night where when we watched splatter university and we watched evils of the night where we were kind of expecting that mm-hmm. and we were kind of disappointed we didn't get it but also kind of disappointed because those movies just left us unsatisfied oh yeah, well a lot of yeah movies. yeah but especially because you they make it so far into the movie and they get like right to the end and and their deaths are unsatisfying too i think that's the other part of that. <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like it's not even a fun kill <clears throat> but um but in the 80s they the iconic i think scream queens that we that we think about like so like i mentioned i mentioned linnea quickly she's the one that always pops in my head i'm thinking like you know think of uh, return of living Dead, Dead, yeah. night of the demons um and i was talking with uh with uh roberts about this um uh sorority babes of the slime bull bullarama which i still haven't seen Hollywood i i don't see how you have gotten to this point in life without <laughs> accidentally seeing that movie like you literally have a divine hand that is i some would say protecting you some would say doing you a disservice i say doing you a disservice i cannot believe you have not accidentally walked into that movie somewhere i have not it's one like like said that and hollywood chancel hookers i've always wanted to see and just never had the opportunity but i think right now it's like it is available on on cable for me like on demand so i can can yeah it's available somewhere Mm -hmm. i watched it just uh earlier the last year i think it was last year yeah Yeah, sorority babes the slime bubblerama yeah Uh, but uh but you take those in that and with those we had a so when we talk about 80s horror you know uh we had this kind of this kind of shift because you know I think well, also with the advent of PG thirteen, there were certain things that you weren't getting or that you couldn't get, and you know, eighties were like were a much different time, especially when it comes to, to movies and, and all that. But yeah, and cocaine's a hell of a drug. Oh, hell God. of a drug. <laughs> but the one thing I think that you got in, Jo, since you've watched a lot more horror than I have, and you've watched many different genres and types and international that, so you can correct me if I'm wrong here. But one of the things I think that made horror so big in the 80s was the nudity factor because that's what brought a lot of the young males in it wasn't just the the horror itself but it was kind of like that was one of the tropes is that oh you're going to get some boobage in here that you weren't getting anywhere else and yeah the, and the parents were really aware because the only thing there was like oh it's a horror movie it's okay yeah. i'm not gonna let you watch like you know this movie here which may have a couple sex scenes in it no you can't do that but i'll let you watch this horror movie people getting killed where we're gonna toss in some boobage which is kind of that whole like friday 13th trope where it's like oh they're out there at the camp you know having sex and stuff and that's why jason's so mad because he can't get any because he's a mongoloid (laughs) yeah i mean he's he's a yeah yeah. whether or not he has working equipment you never know so (laughs) it it was i mean if you you do like I think it took years for the conservative side of the world to catch up to the fact that oh shit they've been sneaking in <laughs> nudity and sex into horror movies because otherwise you're getting an X rating and or NC seventeen whatever I think it was X back then I'd have, I'd have loved to have seen that moment when they caught on to that and just been like 
hey, yeah. wait it, a minute. It was one of those things where, you know, I was too young during the 80s to watch those movies, personally, unless I snuck in and watched it while one of my older siblings was watching them right. on VHS. But of course, at that point, they get heavily edited as well. But um, I would say it was one of those things where all of the young men got together in a room and they said, okay, guys, we can't let on to any of our moms that there are tits in these movies. <laughs> because if one person squeaks, it's going to blow it for everybody. And eventually somebody squeaked and that's what, that's, that was the downfall. And I, I think for the filmmakers, there was that, that precarious balance of we've got to make sure that we can't, we can't string the, the boobage along like too close together. We've got to space it out. So yeah. when, so when the, the parent occasionally pops their head in, <laughs> right. you know, they, they see just like see a, the blood. Right. Or... And then, cause if you, if you let it last longer than like, you know, like, you know, 45 to seconds to, you know, a minute, <laughs> then, then there's too much time there that, that someone could catch on. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's kind of also, I would assume this is an assumption, but I would assume nudity by far is cheaper to film than horror when there's special effects involved in the horror side. Right. Oh yeah. The, those good. And you know, there's plenty of screaming in these scenes as well. So they kind of fit, you know, in our topic <clears throat> actually, but the best of, of a lot of those scenes are where they mix them, but they do them well. Like nobody wants to see sex and killing mixed at a certain level. Right. Um, but there are some words just kind of boobage and horror mixed in. The Night of the Demons is one that I can think of that has a ton of just like you shouldn't put those boobs with that like particular <laughs> special effect, you know. The, the, the lipstick scene. The lipstick scene. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was trying know. to find that to show a comic. Yeah. I was like, that is the most unsettling thing yeah. you'll ever see. It'll make you scream for yeah. sure. See that? That's kind of the way I feel about Videodrome because oh. like they they always integrate in like violence with the nudity in that. Because we, we talked about that when you told me to watch the movie, or you, you suggested the yeah. movie to me. Yeah. I don't tell anybody to yeah. watch the so I was like, I'm, I'm going to check this out. And it's like, you've got these moments where it's like, oh, hell yeah, Debbie Hardy nudity. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, oh, God. she put a cigarette on her tit. Oh, God, why? <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, you can't enjoy it. <laughs> and I think the other aspect of it is, if you watch the 80s movies, like, I'm, I keep referencing Friday 13th because I think that's the, the one, the, the most well-known is that, the people that are engaging in the nudity and sex are the ones that are dying. Yeah. Which then also kind of makes it okay because parents are like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, see, they died. They got so, taught a lesson. Right. Like, that's what you get, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole other, that's definitely a whole other topic, you know, whether or not there's a, uh, it's healthy to push the idea that having sex should be punished by murder from, yeah. like, a horrible supernatural killer. <laughs> To keep people away, <laughs> you know that that's more of a what's wrong with America kind of topic. Yeah, but yeah. Ev eventually though, the the guy and I can only speak because I'm a guy from that. But the guy is going to be like, you know what? I don't give a shit. I will still. <laughs> I will still. I'm, still gonna I'm going for it. Yeah. <laughs> At least I'm not going to diverge. Yeah, <laughs> not it's because it's just. Yeah, so um, like I've already been putting myself at risk to get hairy palms and go blind for years. Yeah, so <laughs> the uh, death. so yeah, I would say uh, you know I think screaming also is a thing that works for trailers really well. It oh, works yeah. for posters. Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things where it's um, 
it's instantly recognizable by anyone regardless of you know society or country of origin or whatever like what's going on with that person in that scene you know everyone can can comprehend it without you know there's no language barrier or anything like that yeah so yeah that was one of the reasons i wanted to bring up i think a lot of times people bring up you know again the idea of like crying on cue and like scenes in movies that have a lot of like you know crying in it that are memorable i I think screaming should be should be up there pretty close to the top as well well, yeah, you mentioned screaming in, in trailers. So before before we sat down to to do this, we were looking at the uh, 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 Lucio Fulci uh, trailer for The Beyond, and you know, in that three and a half hour, uh, three and a half minute, like, <laughs> yeah, the movie, movie is definitely not three and a half hours. So. <laughs> a three and a half minute mini movie with full credits and everything. Yeah. Um, that that almost seems like a trailer, like just goes chronologically yeah. yeah yeah it is but there are there are lots of screaming scenes just yeah. in that trailer alone and if you look at some of like the those cheesy piece of shit like trailers they show for you know movies are really going to be bad and i'm gonna i'm gonna attack a movie here just because i don't like it but paranormal activity where they have the camera in like the theater with the night vision, night vision yeah. and all you see is just people like you know screaming i'm like okay, yeah i've never i've never habit. been in any any movie theater where the entire theater jump, guy, girl, everybody, I'm like, no. So I I will definitely, that's a very, very good thing to bring up, Turk, because I, I hadn't really thought of that, was the idea of like, with scream queens or screaming in general, it's something that the audience can do if they want to participate. So I think that's yeah. another reason why people like it. Like, I can watch a, a, an action movie with Tom Cruise in it. I'm never going to go climb a helicopter and jump off of a building. But if I watch a movie where someone screams and that does give you a, a you know, gives you a, um, a rush, I could do that. Like any schmuck could do that. Right. So it, there was this time, I guess, with the paranormal activity and various other ones where it's like, hey, we will put a, a camera and you can all scream on your own. Um... And get that same rush. I have been in a theater where the vast majority of people did actually scream <laughs> uh, during a movie. And that was... I'm failing to remember the movie off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I think but it was a good one. I, was, I think screaming also oh, is... it was uh, The First Conjuring. Uh, the very first oh, Conjuring. Yeah, the first Conjuring is freaking Yeah, so. it was, I think one of the later scenes where the, the the witchy witch or whatever is running around it was probably that scene where uh the witchy witch is on top of the dresser the wardrobe, or wardrobe yeah. yeah and then she like pounces yeah. on him on that has yeah. to be it because that scared the yeah shit that was i went and saw it on opening night and i think a lot of people went to see it and they weren't expecting something to be quite as well done i i'm a pretty big fan of the original conjuring i i kind of like all those movies but i definitely like the first one i was gonna say i think that also screaming is one of those things that's kind of contagious you know yeah the, 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 the first scream that comes out you may not have everybody but by the time you get to the, the fifth really good scream yeah you know, you've got almost everybody in it because it's the audience helps build the tension i think with that as they start to become like more like scared then that also kind of makes you a little more scared too. sure yeah um but yeah it's uh i i, I think they, they like i said it's really important the screaming is really important in that and it's just like it's like like having a laugh track in, in a tv show yeah you know, I mean, if without that it's not funny not but 
with even though sometimes laugh tracks still aren't funny but with that you do get some people that then will kind of for some reason they feel like okay that's funny because someone else is laughing mm-hmm. and now this is scary because someone else is you know is, is crying or screaming like uh you know one of the the one thing that gets me every time Every time, um, and I don't scream, but it does make me jump, even though I know it's coming. I know it's coming, right? And it's the and I I know it's coming, right? And I they I call me. I know you know. What I, I'm oh, talking I know about. exactly what you're talking and, about. And um, and I I don't know if you feel the same way or, or not, uh, Jo. But Exorcist three, <laughs> the the scene uh the scene with the uh with the nurse. In the in the hall the hallway scene is is that towards the beginning or the end of the movie? It's it's near the middle. Okay, okay. Where the nurse is checking, and you've got that you've got that false uh, uh, jump scare, and because uh, she's checking on something, she hears a noise, and she goes in there, and uh, she hears something. She looks in. One of the doctors was sleeping in his office. He's like working like a double shift or whatever, okay. and he pops up, and you get that false scare, and then she goes, goes back about to her the business. nurse station. Yeah, yeah. and like I say, every time, even though I know it's coming down, one of the things I think is fascinating about that scene is that the camera stays at the end of the hallway; mm-hmm. it's not up close, and you just have just the the music and then the scene itself. But and the thing is, there's no scream in that, but it gets me every time and and i i can see that making someone scream even though the character it's in the movie doesn't but i think there's like a loud tone in there that the kind of signal yeah yeah, yeah. that uh, yeah that inception bass yeah. note <laughs> um for for me i i kind of will one of the ones that uh, again i because I, I can't i seem incapable of screaming but I'll I, I'll go classic and mainstream with mine is the chestburster scene from oh, Alien, yeah. like that. You know, I think everyone knows the story. Is uh, you know most of the actors didn't know what was going to happen specifically. Veronica Cartwright. Yeah, Veronica Cartwright, and that one still gets me. That oh god, where she it's the scream and then she's like oh god, at the, that always gets me. So. You know what I think is great about that is the. Um, it's not, it's not even the the initial like burst because you know you've got the for for those that remember you've got the there's the um the kind of I don't know what you call it a palpitation but there's there's the pulsing the, right, <laughs> the pulsing of the chest and then and then there's that spurt of blood that comes that comes out of it and then the bursting there's a is a spurt of blood that his Veronica Carlton yeah that that makes <laughs> right her jump again and you know and I think part of that is like it's Sometimes you get that first scream out. You guys are saying, you know, after you get that that scream out, and then it's like, okay, you kind of laughed. Yeah. But this when, one, you got a second one. Right. But when you, when it's like, even after the first scream, the terror hasn't gone away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just intensifies that moment. Yeah. I think you get a lot of the feeling of like the first scream, even though she wasn't aware of what was going to happen in the scene, it was still. The first screen still sounds like that of a practiced actress. Like it still seems like a professional. Like, she was surprised, but her acting kind of kicked in. The second part of it in the follow-up just sounds like a woman who is scared. It yeah. doesn't mm-hmm. have that kind of vibe. So, that that would definitely be my pick. Every time I see that scene, I'm just waiting for that part. And it always kind of, like, I, I kind of wince a little bit during that screen. So. Yeah. Uh, that whole scene was very intense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's... Uh... 
but you know, kind of going back to <clears throat> yeah, the screen queens there, I think you're you're right. It's the idea of you know what one is and doesn't necessarily have to be you know a woman. Even though we we, we don't think we're ever going to get a high pitch like men's scream, but mm-hmm. it's still the the idea of like what is it and what's the job of that person, the screen yeah, queen, um, yeah, which is really to kind of help. I mean, the tone should already properly be set, but it's to it's to give everyone that nudge. Yeah. And, you know, and then once you once you kind of get them off balance is to hopefully keep them off balance. Yeah, it is. You would usually I'm sure there are examples that I can't think of, but typically you're kind of like scream isn't the start of the tension because when it, if, if you try and start a scene with the scream, I, I don't think it works. But once you've laid the foundation, I think the scream is basically the 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 either kick to the gut or knocking the audience off balance and at that point the job of the film is to keep the boat rocking yeah. you, you, the shittier and the more boring of the horror movie or even sci-fi you know, anything kind of fantastical the shittier ones in that crop that have screams are always the ones where it's a scream and then everything settles back down immediately. Mm-hmm. So then they become annoying. It's like, well, you know, I don't want to listen. I, this person's going to scream again in 10 minutes. I know it's coming. Um, so the better movies kind of use it as like almost kind of an instrument. It's sometimes a lot of movies. It's, it's just one of that audio kind of instrument pieces to the scene. Yeah, yeah. And I think also helps to signify for the for the characters like this shit's real, you know. Because if you have if you have a guy, a tough guy in a scene, and bad stuff is happening, you see the bad stuff is happening, and their life is in their life is in danger, but there's no scream. It's like, well, yeah, they're in danger, but I don't really feel like they're not going to make it out. Yeah, yeah, you add that scream to it, and there's that desperation, and like, I may not survive this. Like, you know, as far as I, as far as the character, I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to die here. Yeah. You know, there's a good chance I'm going to die right at this moment. And I think that kind of also helps to build like the, the drama for the audience to be like, Hey, this person may not make it out of this. Yep. So, yeah. I, I, I think it's interesting to kind of talk about that whole, you know, we've kind of, kind of like, uh, encompass a lot into that, but, um, yeah, to kind of say, you know, this is kind of the point of it. And, you know, the uh, instances where it's, uh, used very well. And then times when it's not. Yeah, it, more often than not, I'm sure it's used horribly. I'm sure it's used badly. <laughs> yeah, I, I think people just can, they go to the well too often a lot in, in the same movie. Or or the actress just isn't very well trained in doing it. You know, I think there is a performance to it. It isn't like just put a pretty girl or whatever, any woman in front of the camera and then step on her toe right. and <laughs> let her squeal. So, um, and I, I think a lot of this too, it's not, it's not just a scream. It's, it's how you, you were saying this in the very beginning. It's like, it's how you scream. It's like the pitch that you hit. Yeah. It's not just to just like, just let out just like a, this, like this, like big howl of a yelp or whatever. It's, it's also hitting that right level to, to show, you know, I'm terrified. Yep. And, and I, I hate movies with, like, false jump scares, where it's, like, it's not even, like, something jumping out and getting them. It's just, like, oh, 
you know, the roommate walks in the room and opens the door loudly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Or like, like a jump scare. Dr- yeah, drops like a... <laughs> oh, you scared me. Like, drops a thing of milk yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I are, think that cheapens. Yes, yeah. and who, like, who screams when they hear someone, like, close a door loudly? <laughs> it's, it's another one of those things where it's just like, I get... Like, a lot of times it's done badly. It's because, like, why would this character be that freaked out unless they, like, saw directly, like, a murderer in the house or something, right. you know? Um, if you get that creeped out from, like, weird noises in your house, <laughs> like, what are you living? What are you <laughs> right. doing, you know? Um, this, is, this is your house, after all. Yeah. You can fix that. <laughs> so, yeah, j- cheap false jump scares i i'm you know like i guess sometimes when they're comedically done they're kind of they're fine yeah, i can i can see it yeah it's for comedy but it's it's just it's just like you wouldn't have a false I don't, there a bunch of other genres you wouldn't have like a you wouldn't have like a super dramatic movie like a scorsese movie that had like a fake drama scene in it or something <laughs> you know like it's I, i've never understood that yeah I, I think that, and I, it's not like I'm coming up with this idea or whatever, but I think what it really kind of comes down to is it's it's the mark of a bad film when they don't really have anything scary to show, movie, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put these jump scares in there because I really either I don't know how to really show true horror or really present it because uh, or it's the the movie doesn't have it, it just doesn't have it in yeah. there, and you know it's. And it may seem kind of simple for a horror movie. You just have to show this, but it's not. And it's people have talked about this over and over again. You can you can cite countless movies, but you know it's what you don't see that really makes it scary. Mm -hmm. And you know it's 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 showing enough, but it's also it's what you don't see and let everyone's minds and imagination fill in those other parts. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know how to how to do that, then all you get are you know, you get the the killer revealed way too early, yeah, know, in, in full, and then it's just the the matter of the hacking and slashing, and then and that itself is not scary. Yeah, it's not scary. There is a certain time and place to like. There are some movies where they fail as a horror movie, they succeed as like a cool special effects romp. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's kill scenes or whatever. That I can, that I'll still put on like a, a, you know, some sort of best of list. But by and large, if you don't have that foundational, like horror or even just kind of like alien sci-fi kind of core, then everything else falls apart. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how good the screaming is or any of that stuff. So, and yeah, I think that's kind of where you know where Friday Thirteenth movies have kind of fallen off um, is because. In the first one, you didn't know who the killer was. Sure. In the second one, you didn't know who the killer was. So the killer could be anybody. Yep. Mm-hmm. After the killer is identified as Jason, well, the, the mystique is gone. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's no longer it could be anybody. Like when I go home, you know, I could you know this, this hockey mask killer could be there or whoever. Mm-hmm. It's like oh no, I have been to Camp Crystal Lake. So, so you, you know it's gonna be there. Yeah. Right. So, yep. And I think they tried to get that back with the was it the fifth one. Uh, fourth. The fourth. Okay. Yeah. But kind the, of four, five, and six. Yeah. Uh, with the one with the ambulance driver. I think that was four. four? That's four, yeah, because okay. that's a new beginning. Yeah. Um, they try to get that back, but again, you're it's still it's still 
Jason. Everyone thinks it's Jason. Right. Revealing that the guy behind the mask wasn't him doesn't stop it from being you Jason. You know Jason, right. Right. man. Yeah. It's still the power of Jason. It's like... Yeah. I For those, it's a lot of the... Like, I will... I really enjoyed the last one, which was kind of the reboot. The the 2007 one, something oh, yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, I never watched that. I, I really that. liked it. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Whereas if you look at, you know, uh, the Nightmare on M Street remake, which I know we were talking about Watchmen just, just yeah. earlier. Jack Hero um, Like, that one... I feel like failed in a bunch of reasons, but uh, whether Scream Queens was one of them, I don't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it wasn't. I think, um, you know, uh, well, this could kind of tie in with that, with the Scream Queen is part of the Scream Queen is, is they are a very likable character. Yeah. You know? they, yeah. There's always like kind of an empathy with them. Uh, I, the worst Scream Queens are usually the ones where it's like, you hate the character. Right. So at, at best you're, you're glad to see them get killed, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but in, in someone like the reboot of Diamond Elm Street, none of the characters are really Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, there was no Heather Lincoln cap or anything yeah. in the, in that one, so. Yeah, and, and the other part of that is, I, I understand you want to go with a very realistic look, right? But the iconic, the iconic Freddy, you know, not really looking like a true burn victim mm-hmm. is scary. Yeah, there's, there's there's nothing scary about an actual burn victim. Yeah, it I just, is. I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to pity you, but I just yeah. kind of feel sorry for you. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the scary guy. parts already happen with an actual burn victim. Right, like the fear parts already kind of gone. The fear part was getting burned. So yeah, um, I don't know. I I think there. I'm sure there's plenty of like new potential scream queen. Uh, Subgenre text to to continue to explore for filmmakers to create. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you know again like total top examples like Hereditary. Check that out. If if you don't scream during it, that's fine. I it, I don't think it's a movie that's really there to kind of scare you screaming wise. But the screaming in the movie is well done. Very um, control like. They don't go to the well 50 times in the movie. Right. Um, and in fact, just to kind of uh, jerk on the hereditary chain a little more, there is uh, male screaming in it that is very well done. The The son of uh, Tony Collette's character, uh, he is a teenage boy, I don't know, 15, 17, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And he's got some truly terrifying... One, especially, that is a very, like, if I was going to pick one where it's like, this is a man screaming and it makes you fearful, right. he's in the top three huh. from that movie. Okay. Yeah. So. So, so I'll add on something here, which is not quite a scream, but I think it's it's close enough to it. Shoot me. Um, so uh, two things. When I went and saw Misery, uh, and I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I, I only saw that on VHS. I wanted to see it in the theater, but. So when I saw it in the theater, there was a guy, and I think there's some debate as to um, whether it was my, my one friend or not, uh, but they were sitting up front, and when we get to the part where she hobbles him, all of a sudden you hear, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Someone had a lot invested in that. <laughs> 
and my when, god <laughs> when i when i saw blair witch in the theater um at the end when the camera turns yeah. and you see mike in the corner in the corner there was there was a guy that said oh shit <laughs> <laughs> And I, again, I think that also just kind of conveys, like you know, like whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my I when I would see Blair Witch was with a girlfriend at the time. She was completely wrecked by that movie. My <laughs> God, would I should never have taken her. I think it, the the thing that she had seen the most horrific movie she had seen at that point at that young age that she was was I don't know like a scary Lifetime movie or something <laughs> or like. Like the news was like she never and i was like i've heard things about blair witch and she was like fine so we went to see it so imagine never really seen horror movies blair witch is one of the oh, first ones you saw that's a rough one to start yeah on. and when we got back to the house um and i when i was growing up i lived in the sticks it was blair witch forest right by my house <laughs> She thought she saw something in the yard, and she let out a straight-up scream queen scream. So that's been my one, like, real-life, like, seeing a woman scream like that. I've seen it happen at least that one time. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. See, I haven't I haven't heard anybody, like, really it react It is to... terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah. um, so. You no, know, when, I, when I saw Blair Witch... Um, I had um, an experience that I think most people had, which is I saw the little uh, kind of faux documentary. Yeah, the making. Yeah, on yeah. sci-fi, yeah. where they were they were talking to the parents of the missing kids mm-hmm. and how they had you know found the the um, found the the uh, videotapes uh, and. Uh, got permission from the police after this whole long thing of like having to request it and get it, and they mm. gave it to a filmmaker to put them in chronological order so they could see what happened. Yeah, and so and not knowing that it wasn't real because that whole thing was presented as something real, and like you're going to see the final moments of these people, yeah. not believing there was a witch, but the final moments of these people. When I went and saw it in the theater. As it went through, I started feeling really uncomfortable. Like snuff film, right? I was like, like yeah. these people are going to die, and I'm watching their last. Yeah, moments. I paid to see this happen, and, and yeah. it was just like, and I just, I just, I was like, oh man, it's like, it's, and I, it wasn't feeling scream, but I just felt really uncomfortable. Like it's like you know, as as the movie drags on, even though I'm not looking at my watch, I, I can kind of there's the passage <laughs> of time, so I know we're getting closer and closer to where these people aren't going to be here anymore. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so yeah, it really was. It did. It was like it was like oh. And in yeah. the theater outside, they had these little you know theaters have the you know bushes and stuff in the parking lot and everything. Mm. They had these trees there, and they had the little Blair Witch symbols yeah, hanging, hanging over the, the trees. trees. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't see it with quite so much kind of uh, pomp and, you know, but the, um, yeah, that, you know, Blair Witch would be one of your first examples or one of the best examples of your snot queen as opposed to the screen queen. Yeah, Yeah, snot queen. Not Heather or work, that's the girl from Poltergeist. Uh, Heather something. Heather Uh, something, yeah. yeah, And uh, again, you know, not to bring up a movie i'm sure no one here has watched but the last blair witch movie that came out which was a couple years ago yeah it wasn't that bad it hmm. was it was it was enjoyable it's the story of her younger brother who is now an adult and goes back to the forest to find his lost sister huh. it's actually like someone wrote it in like 
took it somewhat seriously. Okay, so it's no Book of Shadows, let me tell you that. <laughs> well, Book, Book of Shadows had that really hot goth chick who was also an inside man, and um, and he got game, and she's got the dark hair. Oh, yeah, high. yeah, she's yeah, got yeah. The, God, that movie's so bad, she's though. She's got the... Oh, yeah, uh, but it's, it could... Though, Neither of those could save that movie. Okay, so I'm, I'm just going to add this to, to your, your Blair Witch like reboot of sorts. Yeah, it's kind of a reboot. <laughs> and and Comey knows where I'm going with this already. The Bear Winch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Bear Winch Project. The, late, Winch. the, the mid, late 90s softcore porn. Yes. Right? Yes, I know the movie. Which which I have both of, by the yeah. way, on DVD. Two copies uh, of the first one. Right. <laughs> I've only seen the first one. Though. Okay, so that's actually what I'm getting to. Okay. And as I, as I said before, <laughs> when it came out, so I was working at the video store at the time, and they had those cheap little, like, cheap jewel case. Oh, movies. yeah, the ones that, like, you blow on, and they're, like, shatter. All yeah. the tabs shatter inside. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, it was six bucks. And, uh, and so I got it, and I was like, oh, shit, it's the Bear Wench, because this movie's like, hilarious. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then maybe a couple months later, they came out, and, but it was one and two, and the same thing, also six bucks. So gotcha. I was like, oh, shit. And I, it's only on two. Now you've got two copies of the first one. Right. But the plot of two is the twin sister of one of the girls from the first one gets get, people together to, to go, go the back woods, and look. Right? Oh, and wow. Yeah. So I'm like, that was their original idea. You got them to yeah, it too. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know who the writer was for, for this latest one. Right. And I don't know what their relationship with the bear winch crew was. He, he was just hoping that no one was going to call him because he yeah. was like, like, you saw it in the bear winch too. But you have to admit that you watch bear winch too. Yeah. You weren't counting on someone like me that would openly admit it. <laughs> I love that it's the twin sister. That it's like this. This is yeah, our excuse for getting the same, same actress. actress. I yeah. love that. That's I, hilarious. I'm I'm so glad that they were like, let's put that little bit of extra effort into explaining <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> because honestly, the 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 last Blair Witch didn't give. It was just like, yeah, that's her little brother, you know, and that's pretty much all you have to care. Oh, of course, she has a little brother. Yeah. So I'm, um, trying, I'm trying to think if the twin sister was Larissa McCombs or Nikki Fritz. I think it was Nikki Fritz, but mine because I'm no, because the rest of McComb wasn't in the first one, so I think it had to be Nikki Fritz. Um, oh, so yeah. not not to totally derail things, but we have been going for an hour. So do do we want to do we want to start heading towards wrapping up? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we've yeah I, I we we could sit here. Our throats and, are parched now. Yeah, we could sit here and <laughs> talk about uh, softcore porn versions <laughs> of things for days. I'm sure, but like the spy who sexed me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there was a softcore version of Ghost Rider. Oh, they would be good. doing a tremendous disservice <laughs> if they didn't. <laughs> um. So yeah. So kind of you know to to finalize and you know you know kind of put a bow on it uh go see hereditary if you haven't seen it uh uh and enjoy the screens in it and uh turn it up really loud uh i i think i think my parting thought for this is that i want to i want to recommend uh behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon oh yes it's a very very good movie but it it talks a lot about the role of the female in horror movies cool and, yeah uh, i've checked that out it's oh so good God. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it yet, it's it's so incredibly good. But it talks a lot about like the importance of the role a female plays for a for a movie serial killer, and it does talk about like the need for them to be the hero of the story, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
So yeah, like, I, I think that, like, kind of summarizes what we've talked about here really well, and it's done in a very entertaining way, so. <laughs> Call me! Yeah? There's a Bear Winch 3. 3? Well, yeah, I was wondering, what, what's the release date on it? And that's, and I guess that's Turk's final thoughts. <laughs> no, 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 and there's a character in Bear Winch 3. It's yeah. The, right? Triplet twin sister? No, whose name is Dick Big Dickian, right? <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, wait. It gets even better. Dick Big Dickian is played by Andy Sedaris. Oh my god, I have to see it. So that had to be a decent while back, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh okay. my god. It's oh, so, so good. Which is weird because it says Bear Winch 3 came out in 2002, but Bear Winch came out in 2003. And I don't think there's a lot of error. I don't think there's a lot of like date checking when it comes to imdb or whatever you're looking at entries for softcore <laughs> porn movie ripoffs but it definitely would have to be the early 2000s but, yeah. well it says here for sure bear winch 3 was 2002 bear winch 2 was 2001 and then bear winch was 2003 so i'm like so they filmed them backwards yeah and uh, it's, it's like the memento you, of softcore porn you don't <laughs> There's no way you're not going to make a bear winch from the latest Blair Witch Project because it takes itself way too seriously. Uh. So, and yeah, not not bear winch material. I will say, um, so we talked about this on our, our kind of uh, our first horror movie one. And I think mm-hmm. we also talked about it when we talked about our childhood fears. But, you know, I didn't really watch a lot of horror movie horror movies growing up for various reasons. Yep. And they, really, when I when I started watching horror movies... My first two like serious horror films uh, were Fright Night and um, uh, Evil Dead Two. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And, which are two really, really good ones. They're really good ones. Yeah. So and then, but it was what really kind of pulled me in, and this may have been kind of like the allure. And I'm not sure how many other young males or females, whatever, how many young people were pulled into horror. It was actually through the screen. Oh, I'm sorry, and, and, uh, and uh, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the three that kind of that got me and pulled me into horror. And I think what's great about them is that they all had a little the little comedic element to it. Mm-hmm. Even that two more than the other ones. Yeah. Which also kind of helped kind of to, like, temper that horror some. Yeah. To make it a little yeah. bit more palatable for a young, you know, at a younger age. Um, and they pulled me in. But then you also, you, you had that Scream Queen in there, too. And that's what really kind of brought me in. And then from that point on, it was able to kind of go more from the the Scream Queen aspect of it and the horror and the comedy to be like, oh, now I can I can differentiate between here's good horror. Like yeah, because really you horror. have to learn how to do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. yeah like it is it I, I to not try and not be a professor about it. It like it takes time and watching like any genre of movie. But I think horror is even more difficult to know. Yep. Like what's good horror, especially like good comedic horror, oh, yeah. you know, versus bad. Yeah, because it, it doesn't mean you know we were talking about the uh, the Italian splatter horror. Yeah. Too. that's a completely separate like like genre. Yeah, everything it's, else. it's evol- It evolved in its own path. And you mm-hmm. can like horror, but not like that. Yeah. It's like, but it's horror. It's like, yeah, but that's kind of different. Yeah, it's it's you know? that's more artistic. I mean, that's your more. I I I think for a lot of that kind of European horror. You have to like the artistic side of a filmmaker's vision, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of high 
lowbrow stuff, but then they couple it with completely lowbrow material. <laughs> um, but yeah, Return of the Living Dead. I for me, Return of the Living Dead was it, that movie terrified me when I first saw oh, it. it. Like, it, yeah, it, it's pretty rough. And the the comedic parts of it, when I watch it now, kind of like your, um, you know, you know it's coming, but it only serves to heighten the the horror of the movie. That comedic stuff does that for me in that movie. It always, I always know, like, well, the unkillable zombies are coming in ten minutes, so get your laughs out now before you're ripped to shreds. Yeah, and yeah, they, it never downplays too that 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 is a frightening situation. Yeah, you know, I think one of the most frightening. You, you've got all the different things where they're battering down the doors and this mm-hmm. and and, uh, but I think one of the most frightening scenes is when. Um, I was. I'm trying to think if it's a paramedic. I think that gets in the ambulance and he turns on the headlights. Headlights in there. It's the wall of right. muck zombies. <laughs> and they're just specifically the muck zombies. It's like the paramedic left the mausoleum or whatever the mortuary. Right. All of the zombies saw him coming out and they were like, "Okay, guys, we got to get in front of the ambulance because <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's so like." The Last Supper, where it's like they had to pose for this shit. <laughs> so, like, if you've seen the movie a hundred times, like I, I think we all have yeah. between us, you're like, they're seeing that scene. You're like, why would they all be standing there in that perfectly windowed format? But th- the execution of it is still terrifying. Oh yeah, yeah. And when you see trash leading that army of zombies down the street and they come through it's the, the long shot yeah, yeah. And, and it's like you see you see her with that incredible ass walk yeah. right and you see and then there's a couple of and ass. then right, and then there's just that that just army of them just all walking you yeah. know yeah it's that 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 master but like so you do have like the different laughs and things like but it's never it's never played up as a joke it, it's, it's almost mm. like that i'm laughing to break the tension because i'm really scared sure yeah, yeah. um and we were talking about you know, we were talking about scream queens and you know like the some of the movies not having a likable person and you have the one uh the one girl in uh in uh return of living dead who is a complete and she's not a jerk but you know the one guy's always like flirting with and hitting on her and she's just constantly turning him down yeah 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 like go you know go jerk off or whatever right yeah and in the end you know you're there's that scene where she's just like you know she just completely lets her guard down yeah and she's like i can't stand you right but I'm so scared right now. Say, like, I just want you to hold me. You know, yeah. it's a, it, 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 it mm-hmm. doesn't, it redeems her character. It does. Yeah. 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 And you get that kind of sensation where that's what makes that movie, I think, very rewatchable is like once you rewatch it, knowing that that's going to happen, it makes all of the bitchiness that she does to him make sense and it's like more digestible. Yeah. 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 So. I have to say, with Return of the Living Dead, trash is the source of so many confusion boners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in real life, there is no way I would get along with a woman like that. Like, that's just way too, <laughs> way too caustic and, like, too uh, sharp of a personality. As well as having a necrophiliac fetish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when, they, when, when she has the makeup and stuff, like when she turns and she has the zombie makeup, but she still has the rock and bod, you know? <laughs> it's like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I always, when I first saw that movie, and I know it's a bit of a tangent, when I first saw that movie, I wanted to be like fucking Suicide, who was the ringleader. <laughs> I thought he was the coolest motherfucker. I was like, 
that was the part where I was like, I'm going to grow up and be a complete punk and like quit school. <laughs> For like two months after I first saw that movie, I was like, I'm going to be suicide. Well, you know, I think it's funny. And we've kind of really got off the subject here. But I think that it's it's funny because suicide had to die early. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, sure. he is such a strong character. He overpowers almost everybody in the scene. Because when, when Tar Baby shows up, he, he's kind of startled, but he doesn't he doesn't yeah, flinch. Yeah, he's just like I'm gonna fuck this thing up. And and that when I and you talk about him being kind of cool, and he is cool because he's this punk guy, and you think that you know he's you know when you think of like punk, you think these people like, I don't give a shit, and I'm gonna yeah. graffiti and this and like you know nothing means anything. But then he's got that that little like soliloquy there is like you know we think I'm doing this for fun. He's yeah. like this is the this yeah. something. And, and then he like he's like then he looks at trash is like you know. Put, your, put some clothes on. Show some fucking respect yeah, for the dead. Yeah, show some respect for the dead. Yeah. It's like he stands for something. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like, that's pretty awesome. And then his whole thing is like, how come you guys never come around, you know? You know, it's like, Unless you come around when you want to see something. Yeah, you need like, a rise. It's yeah. like, no, you're over here. Oh, you're spooky. It's like, he, he he's making a statement. He stands for him. He's got a purpose. And that he's makes awesome. him kind of cool. He is awesome. Yeah. Yep, that's, that was my... But, yeah. Yeah, so, excellent movies. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. uh, you did you have a, uh, a last? Uh, oh, thing? no, I mean, my, yeah, my last thing was check out Behind the Mask. Yeah, for sure. I will yeah. definitely R- check. Rise out. of Leslie. Yeah, Ryan, you've yeah. seen that Behind the Mask. I, I know I've recommended so. it to you before. I don't it's, think so. It's so damn good. Yeah. It's so damn good. It, it really is good. But yeah, it it does. It kind of takes that whole like scream queen final girl thing, mm-hmm. and and even like the idea of a horror movie like serial killer. Yeah, and it gives us this kind of like a. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a fourth wall break. It's almost like it takes you, because it's, it's it's a documentary crew following this guy around. Gotcha. Um, they're like it's like for a, like a college project, like like their last um their final project for yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. And so you're it's it's almost like like you're an insider into the world of like you know Michael Myers and Jason and all of them. So you get this like sneak peek at it, and while still staying within the confines of you're in a horror movie. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's it's good. It does a really cool. good job. And, and it, it does have some good comedy moments because they're essentially doing that fourth wall break and he's mm. like, you don't understand the kind of physical condition I have to be in. That's, good. Be That's a good run, part. I have to run like a gazelle to keep up with this chick, <laughs> but then as soon as she turns around to look, I have to look like I'm walking. Walking, casually. yeah. Like I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, yeah. And, and not be out of breath. Yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> yep. So yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's good. But yeah, I... I they, you know, kind of, and I, I wonder how much of all of this was intentional. You know, if you, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's like, was there a great master plan to to that? Yeah. Hmm. If you go back and you watch, because uh, I'm going to recommend this. Um, there's a documentary called, I believe, it's called Midnight Movies, where they talk about you know the rise of these movies: Rocky Horror Picture Show, mm-hmm. Pink Flamingos, El Topo, and Night of the Living Dead, and how those movies, you know, became what they are because of the midnight showings. Yeah. There's another one called, um, it's not American Horror, it's something like that, and um, it talks about the the rise of the, of the horror films, in particular the uh, the slasher films, that you know how those came about, mm-hmm. and and even some of the tropes that the slasher films have, which uh, a lot of the slasher films to give those movies credibility, they had older established actors, actors yeah, that were involved. in these roles. You know, that, you know, probably weren't really getting any roles right then, but then having them in there, like having Rory Calhoun in, in Motel Hell, right? You know, you know, at the time, we're not going to know who the hell this guy is. I, I still can't say I know how Rory Calhoun is. If it wasn't for the episode of The Simpsons, 
with the dogs, you know, that's him. And as I only refer to him as that, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, but for, for people that, that know, it's like, oh, they've, they've got these, um, you know, these established actors in there, which gives them a little bit of credibility. Yeah. And I mean, you can see the pedigree in the scenes that they're heavily yeah. parts of, like it, it, it elevates the, like, kind of newer younger you know whatever actors involved that are more schlocky you know so there's and there's another one too that i can't think of the name of as well but if you if you look those two up i'm sure it'll show up as a recommended movie gotcha. that also kind of talks about you know the 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 horror films and uh the making of them. i think in this one they talked to uh they talked to toby hooper uh about uh like text chains on massacre and how that and they so but a lot of that were they didn't really know at the time that, you know, what would become a staple or become a trope of the horror movie franchise. They that's not what they were looking at. Even John Carpenter's yeah. like, I wasn't looking at that. You know, we were just doing something different. And it just so happened that it just kind of convalesced into this thing. Yeah, I think it was something they were doing different just to set themselves apart. But I think it dialed into something that is primal and that I, regardless people identify with that kind of fear yeah. yeah yeah so i think it is something that like got stumbled into and then the the better the cream of the crop kind of identified it and then ran with it you know again with a kind of a a touch of respect or control and didn't overuse it and so yeah. yeah and i'm sorry i'm just gonna give one one final thing you just because you were talking about that fear um it just to kind of add on to that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when it came out, scared a lot of people, and a lot of people believed it was a true story yeah, because it yeah. says true story. But the movie came out in like the fall, and it says in the summer of that same year, mm-hmm. and no one ever put it together that yeah. well, I never heard about, heard this about true yeah. story yeah, like, like three months ago. Three months ago, it would have been in like every <laughs> national, if not regional, paper. But you, you're tapping into that fear, especially you know at the time that came out in like the uh, the mid to late '70s when you had a lot of like horrific things she had you know really serial killers that were really prominent at that time yeah and, you, and there's that fear of oh this is that yeah i could say anybody was a serial killer and this is what happened and make their crimes horrific and yeah. you're gonna believe it because it's, it's already in, that inherent fear is there and now i'm just pouring i'm just watering that seed yeah yep. i'm sorry you gonna say something else uh no just that i think you're right in the sense that in that era of time, the serial killer was on TV. They were normal looking people. So the idea of like, well, anyone could be a serial killer and you wouldn't know until you were one of their victims. Right. I think played into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of, you know, phenomena. Um, but uh, it's still hinged on, you know, de- good acting, if not great acting. Excellent mm-hmm. You know, cinematography and stuff like that, and really top grade screaming. Yeah, there's a lot of screaming in that one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, so much, so much screaming. <laughs> and yeah, we need we need to mention her, who is who's you know also scream queen and protagonist. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the you know when the scene where she's tied to the chair. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and she can't move, and all she can do is look and yeah, scream. her eyes can just kind of pivot, oh, and that's it. Yeah, and I, I think that's fantastic. Just yeah. her her eyes and her scream. That sells that scene yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. it, it's really you know it's cool in the sense that you know a lot of the other kind of good screams. It's like the 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 actress is still mobile. They could run. They could do whatever. It's 
when all you can do is you're tied to a chair and that's like all you can act with, that's your only tool, then the fact that she elicits that kind of response, you know, talks about how, you know, freaky her eyes look in that scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Shit, I wish we I wish we had talked about this one earlier because now I got two more things I want to say. <laughs> so going back to when we were talking about, you know, if you hear a scream and you're walking down the street and you eat the screen. Yeah, yeah, cut yeah, off. yeah, yeah. And it's cut off, then you know it's time to leave. In text chains, I'm asking you, there's the there's this, you know, the, I think there's a scene when uh when the guy goes in the house and the door opens up and, yeah. the other there, and there's there's the, the scream and it's cut off cut before off, you hear yeah. it. And it, it, there's something so final about that. Mm-hmm. You don't know the person is dead, but you just immediately assume they're dead because that scream is just cut off right, right? Yeah. It's like, it's over. Yeah, but it's really just the door, yeah. you know. And um, so that and the uh, another one, which is in Texas Chancellor Massacre, that one, and Event Horizon, which is... When the danger's over and they're still still screaming, screaming. Yep. yeah, it's like yeah. It, it's like the danger's not over, but it's it is over, right? Because yeah. you've gotten away from the bad guy, yeah, right? right. But you're still screaming, and and so inside of us, we're still screaming too, yeah, right, right. You know? right. So I, 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 I think that that's another aspect. I of feel that, that way about a lot of Event Horizon, pretty much the whole <laughs> movie. Yeah, the whole movie, I'm screaming. <laughs> Because I bought my ticket day one for that movie, and I walked into it, and I said, "This is going to be the greatest thing ever. This is this movie was made for J. O. Bowyer." And then I walked out, and I was like, "That was one of the first movies where I was like, a producer fucked this up. Somebody <laughs> fucked this up." So you didn't like it? I liked it. I, I like it. I have it. I have it on DVD because I bought it when it was on DVD, not Blu-ray. I have it on. I, I will watch it occasionally. I really liked it. I would have loved it even more if it had been completely unfiltered and yeah, even yeah. more dipped in like LSD, essentially. Well, if, if so, only those uh, those cutscenes had not been. You know, stored in an assault mine. Yeah, in, yeah, in that's, the that's, Ukraine or wherever. That's where it was. I store all my yeah, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. In the middle of like the mountains, but that's eh, a different thing. So I got this so, original yeah. copy of the Bible here. I'm just gonna put an assault mine <laughs> next to the lost footage of Event Horizon. <laughs> yeah. It'll be safe. Couldn't possibly go wrong. Yep. Uh, all right, I think all we're right. good. Yep, yep. I think we should call this an episode. So. Uh, so actually, I guess it'd just be part two because now we still got to get into the protagonist. Which yeah, we, whole... we really we touched on, but we didn't really go into deep about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, look, look for part two of this, where we talk about the role of the female in horror films as a protagonist. Then, right. Well, uh, thanks everybody so much for for giving us a listen. Be sure to check out some of our other stuff. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, I was going to say, do we have, we don't really have anything to to promote. Do we? Not at the moment, I don't think. No. Well, that kind of uh, sucks for us, doesn't it? Yeah, Bowyer, you got anything you want to you wanna plug or shout out to? Uh, the only thing that I would have to plug are future at Let's Play episodes that are not posted yet. Yes. Uh, <laughs> please, uh, when the Zombie Vikings does post, uh, endure it with us. I think that would be <laughs> very kind and gentle. Um, I'm... I, I, w- Watching those, I will be amazed to see how, if we stay on point at all during the <laughs> gameplay. Uh, but so, that's about it. Yeah. So, so less Check of a let's out play. When come out. L- less of a let's play, more of a let's endure. Yeah, <laughs> let's endure. It's it's not a bad game, but I don't even know if I'd call it really a game per se. It's it's kind of kind of just 
you know hold hold right and hit the button every couple of seconds so. yeah but well, still it, it's 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 fun it's there, were, there were some challenging parts where we're like okay wait how do we how do, this? do this like <laughs> why did this game suddenly become like puzzly for some reason <laughs> and, and, uh so and it's the game that i don't even that. know if we can finish yeah it actually we found a pretty much a game stopping bug and wow. it looks like <laughs> looks like from the best that we could tell the ps4 version is just bugged out at that point and if you got this bug then tough shit yeah. <laughs> and of course you know, you and i and uh, zold have our um our uh, whose turn is it uh, yeah we've been having a lot of fun with those yep. yeah we've yeah. been we've been having a lot of fun with um a definitely a different co- kind of of video i would say more focused for sure yeah and uh, of course you can find uh you can find me on uh, on twitter at uh Turk182 underscore KE. And I'm on there uh, at Akomi Draws. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got more of this coming up and uh, our less uh, our less watches. And there's something else I was going to talk about, too, that uh, that uh, we were doing. But um, I can't think of it right now. So, yay. Yay. All right. <laughs> All right. Cool. Later, everybody. Laters. Zang, yo. I don't know why I just waved my hand like I'm actually waving to somebody. There's nobody fucking there. They can't see me. That's why I don't always <laughs> kill the recording right away. <laughs> did, you, did you hear what that was? After the, the All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.